recording. Hey, brother. Uh, hey, brother. How art thou? It's been a while. I'm good. And it has it's been, been a while. while. Yes, I know. Uh, that is entirely my fault that it has been a while. Uh, well, I would say it's your fault. You were doing cool stuff. I was doing cool stuff. It's not that. Just. Um, but this is this is a new month. A new month. A new week. A new week. And we're gonna we're gonna start getting on a schedule, right? We are. <laughs> no, I, I'm here. I'm not going nowhere. No time. No place. Never again. Never gonna, again. You ever seen Misery? The movie Misery. <laughs> yes, I have. That's why you won't be going anywhere. You know what I'm talking about. <laughs> I do. By the way, uh, again, if you have not, if you did not watch the second season of uh, Castle Rock, yeah, it's, all, it's awfully I fun. It's awfully fun. Uh, you know, I, uh, I, we never got over that really, really sad episode in season one. Mm. Um, which I've heard. Maybe you, you even told me later that. What you what you think is happening is maybe not really happening. It's not as sad as it seems at the time, but it was so, it was so sad. Oh, and I yeah. don't want to spoil anything sure. for people who haven't watched it, but it was so so sad that uh, I just I couldn't go on. I was like, gotcha. no, no, I can't do this anymore. So we lost. It was too bad because we were kind of into it, um, and I to the point where I was even like wondering if if they were. Subtly or not so subtly, uh, with including Bill um, Skarsgård, mm-hmm. if that you know, if if he was somehow connected to Pennywise uh-huh. uh, or not, I don't know. Um, in the Stephen King multiverse, who knows? Um, so I haven't seen any of that. Uh, we are caught up, however, on The Outsider. Yes, The Outsider is. Is it over? No, there's one no, more one, episode. One more, yeah. one, one more. more. Although I, I haven't read the book, at least did, but she doesn't remember much about it. Um, but we're we don't know if they're are they going to be able to wrap it up in the next episode, or is it going <sighs> to spill over? I know. Oh, I didn't know you were watching that. Yeah, we um, we've enjoyed it. There's been like one clunkery-ish one, but in general, pretty pretty darn strong. Which was the which one was the clunk, clunker? I don't even remember now. I remember there was one uh, that I was like, "Yeah, that doesn't seem cool. <laughs> that doesn't seem like that makes a whole lot of sense." Yeah, totally normal for all television. Yeah, you know, and apropos so, for Stephen King, and super apropos for Stephen King. But Mr. King, Mr. King, I have a question. Uh, speaking of kings, yes. have you given Lock and Key a, a chance? I have not. I have not. Uh, I haven't either. I, it only got 66% or so yeah. on the rock taters. So I, I haven't uh, – I, that's not that's not one I'm going to easily sell a lease on anyway. Yeah. Uh, Outsider kind of made it in, number one, because she had read it, which was unusual that she's read a Stephen King. Very unusual. Um, and number two, uh, it's – it's more like it's it, it it owes more to True Detective than than anything else. I would say, I would um, say. So it, it's 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 kept our interest, I think, because of that. Um, whereas Lock and Key is pretty fantastical. Uh, did you ever read Lock and Key? I I didn't actually. I, I, maybe a, maybe one or two fun. episodes. Yeah. Uh yeah, I think he. I don't know if he made it into a book book. Or the Joe Hill is the author of Lock and Key, by yes. the way. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, who was the artist? Rodriguez. Ooh, Mr. Uh, Rodriguez. 
What's their name here? Got the book. Hang on. Gabriel Rodriguez. Anyway, um, so uh, yeah, I haven't 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 delved into that that part of the Kingverse yet either. Um, see you later. Bye. <laughs> Episode's yeah. over. And scene. <laughs> Uh, I went. I went to Louisville, Kentucky. What's still one of my favorite cities in the world, and we had a wonderful week of uh, this caption point stepping out. Is what I was calling it. We talked a little mm-hmm. bit about this on the show. So if anybody's waiting for an update, it went really well. It was very inspiring. It was somewhat discouraging at times. It was really uh, uh, invigorating at times, and uh, all in all, the experience was fantastic and. Uh, got you know got a lot done. Met some interesting people. Definitely learned more about who I am as a as a you know person <laughs> who I am as a uh, as a leader and founder of an organization and what what my better what my better roles should and could be in said organization. I think it's it was a good good few lessons to learn. Slowly and the top. <laughs> well, that's the best thing about it. I also discovered that I am not alone. People oh, want to help me. Oh, you, great. You know, and, you know, you do. Allison does. Uh, our friend Corinne came. Uh, and it was, uh, I felt very supported. Lindsay, of course, is always my right-hand person. And um, Very quickly, for yes. those of you who don't know what Caption Point is, yes. go to captionpoint.com and yes. you can find out. But but in in in, in a... In a heartbeat, it's it's um, live captioning. It's captioning. I'm sorry. It's captioning for live theater and events. Yes. Um, and um, if you want to learn more about it, go to captionpoint.com. And SCTC also is the Southeastern Theater Conference. Yes. Where theaters, schools, uh, actor, hope, student hopefuls all come together like any good con and. Uh, there's booths and auditions, auditions, and you know all that kind of jazz. And and so Sessions. Matt and Matt and the Caption Point gang, except for me, uh, was there tabling, boothing. I don't know what they call it um, in, in <laughs> SETC parlance, but tabling for Caption Point, explaining to the masses why uh, accessibility and captioning and accessibility in theater is in, for live events is important. Yes. And I, I'm, I, I've said it to you in private. I'll say it in public, brother. I'm, I'm really proud of you. It's, Thank you. Uh, putting yourself out there is is not easy, especially when when the message uh, is is not an easy one to necessarily even get across to people. Right. But um, even harder to get them to care. Yes. Yes. So I'm I'm proud of you for you know the only way to start is to start. Thank you. And and you did. And I'm sure you got lots of great feedback. And, and I, I, I totally understand um, coming home and feeling in, invigorated and discouraged and every everything, you know. Yeah. It's just an, it's an onslaught of, of experiences and, and, and emotions. And, yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. You, you were definitely missed there. Our, um, our uh, lovely employee friend, captioner Laura Kowalski was missed. Uh, she kind of held down the fort here in Chicago, captioning a bunch of stuff. Yeah, I saw Next she time, was, though. She was pretty busy, yeah. She was, yeah. Gone. I know. Thank, thank, thank God for her. <laughs> I would have been in big trouble. But, uh, yeah, so um, 
next time, next time. And I, I know what to do next time. I think it's just going to be, yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be good. So yeah. that's where I was. It was a good reason to be gone, but we are back. And not only are we back, brother, but we are back uh, with a new segment that we dreamed up. Mm-hmm. It's What's actually, it called? It's, it's called the Biv Bros TV Time Machine. You know what we're going to have to do, of course. We're going to have to write... Uh, invent a time machine. <laughs> well, that. Number one, we invent a time machine. Number two, we need to write a theme song specifically for the segment. A little, a little kicker. TV time, time machine. Going back in time. We're going to hear a man scream. Hear a hobo man scream. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute. Can you say hobo man in, the t- in 2020? Uh, if, if hobo man means... <laughs> An evil presence uh, that lives in the year in the in the twenty third century. Sure. Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> you want him to scream, right? And you have a time machine. Uh, uh, yeah. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Man, I don't to... want him to scream. I want to. I want to watch him cry. Right. <laughs> Just come on down and watch a hobo man cry. That's not going to be the time. That's not, not. That's not going to be the theme song for, for sure. We'll not. With, yeah, we'll come up with a much, much better fun. and zero uh, percent hobo men. Yes, I, I need to say that I, I I'm completely still stealing this idea from a from a never released podcast that my friend Joe and I painstakingly recorded back in the Joe in Alberta. The, Joe Alberta. Oh, uh, we he's we so handsome. he's so handsome. Couldn't, Oh, so but, jealous of his facial hair. Oh he's got man. a really great he's beard. He's just a handsome man. And he o- he's only getting more handsome as years go by. Uh, so Joe Halberta and I used to have this really fun concept. We would watch a TV show from our youth and then get on and, and talk about it over the microphone. The problem was I didn't know anything about anything. And <laughs> I didn't know how to edit like or do recording better or any of that stuff. So all of this really... What did you guys content. watch? Did you watch anything? We did. We watched Mork and Mindy. We watched um, The Phoenix. Oh, oh you, you watched The Phoenix? Wow. I did. But I mean, we, we can probably, you and I probably can do that. The, the slant of that one was was more. Nobody a, remembers The Phoenix. <laughs> Nobody knows what we're talking about Mary right Dial now. Tone. But go Google The Phoenix from a 1980s TV show yeah. and you'll go, dear God. Dear God is right. It, uh, yes. But so you watch that, you watch Morgan Mindy, you watch some old favorites, and and then the taxi. concept was how did they hold up? Right. And um, probably the the answer is typically not so great. Although no. I bet Morgan well, Mindy was pretty pretty great. I mean, Morgan Robin Mindy Williams was okay. is Taxi was especially good. Yeah, you know, I never really watched a Taxi back in the day, but but I've you know, that had that had a ton of heavies on it. I mean, yeah. Danny DeVito. Mm-hmm. Annie Kaufman, Kaufman. Judd Hirsch, mm. right? Yes. And then Carol Kane? Yes, actually. Yes. Uh, but, yes but that was the crux of, of the, that show was kind of different because we would pick shows that neither of us, that the other one hadn't grown up with. And we were, uh, oh. we were a little bit different in age. Joe's a little So you were older. introducing, yes. like Joe would say, here, watch the show that I right. loved growing up and vice versa. Ah. Yeah. Whereas the concept for Big Bro's TV Time Machine is yes. we're going back to watch the the cartoons and shows that we loved Both. as children. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Okay. So that I, I feel like that's enough of a spin that I'm not I'm not uh, 
dishonoring Joe's. Who had and, better taste between you and Joe? Oh, Joe, for sure. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, no, taxi, well, I already know your taste. So taxi I'm, alone, <laughs> taxi alone. Yeah. And yeah, I think MASH was one of them. And even though oh, I had, had kind of watched MASH. Watch no, I, can't, I, can't, I, can't, I just I associate can't. MASH with, with our dad being super depressed, <laughs> laying on the couch, <laughs> watching a really depressing show. I mean, MASH mm-hmm. is not easy. Or maybe it just not. seems more depressing to me because our dad struggles with depression. Both. So I just associate it with that. But it's, mm. I, it, uh, no, I can't to this day. I still have PTSD about MASH. Wow. No, I can't good, do it. Yeah. That's a good use of that. Um, that <laughs> good guy. use of my PTSD? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just keep it there. Keep it with MASH. Just keep no it. more PTSD just in any other area. Yes. Uh, but so we are, we're, we're starting this sort of segment and we're, we're excited about it. This means that we'll have two segments. We'll have a, we'll have a, a ask Biv, ask Biv bros. And then we'll have this one, which is already fun because the, the time machine that we have entered today is, Mm. uh, for a, to go revisit a show called Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah, we're going all the way back to September 17. Yeah, 1983. 1983. And uh, we watched the first episode, which was called The Night of No Tomorrow. There you go. The Night of yeah. No Tomorrow. I will I will start off by saying this, the, the idea, I have not thought about this, this television show at all. But you and I have been talking so much about Dungeons & Dragons, and you have been... We should lead in with that a little bit. Yeah, you've been le- you've been you've been listening to this this podcast video Twitch uh, critical role. Mm-hmm. You've been just you've been diving in, and it is it is so infectious that I I bought I bought the source rule books. I went ahead and did it. You, you in, did in digital the DM format. guide and I did. I just and- I wanted to read it. I'm I'm ready to play. I've been I haven't. So my problem is that critical role is three hours, and I. You know, I don't necessarily have the attention span to even put it in the background. I can't really work with music or especially. You do it when you're walking Mickey and Penny. Yeah. You know, you're like when you're not really doing much. Yeah. And and you're just, you know, that's that's the best. That's when I do it the most. Well, I try to do Uh it as I'm going to sleep, but that's a problem Uh, because you'll go to sleep instantly. I go to sleep very quickly and. I don't really know anything, and then it keeps going and going, going, going. So I wake up in the middle of the night, and someone's going, to kill and murder." You know, it's just really <laughs> like, "Oh god!" Right? Yeah, you wake up hours later, it's yeah. still going. It's still going. Yeah, uh, I, I can only have it. It depends on on what I'm working on. If I'm mm-hmm. working on that something strictly graphic, say a logo or something, then I can have it on the background. But if I have to do something that involves writing, um, or even sometimes, you know, like if I'm working on a website, it's it's a different part of my brain that's getting used. Yeah. And I can't I can't focus on uh, I can't have it on in the background. I can't have I don't I, I rarely listen to music in the background um, <clears throat> as I work. But depending on what I'm doing, I, I can have this mm-hmm. on. So, uh, you know, I'll just have it going. Uh, and here's the other thing. If you're, if you're, if you find that you're just not into it, it's definitely, definitely not for everybody. Sure. Um, it's, it's def, it's certainly, uh, like I said, uh, before it's, it's, you know, lit my 13 year old nerd on fire. Uh, uh, and just re- rediscovering what is so beautiful about this game. Yeah. Um, and you know, for those of you who, 
I'm, I'm sure pretty much everyone knows what Dungeons and Dragons is, but um, I think where people, including myself, up until recently kind of rediscovering it, the way I remembered it was, you know, you're rolling a lot of dice, there's a lot of rules, um, you know, all of that stuff. But that's, and that exists, although the, the most current version, the fifth edition is uh, streamlined so well, you know, just to make gameplay more fluid and easy and, and focus less on the, the, you know, the mechanics of it. Uh, but that's not, none of that stuff is what makes the game cool. What makes the game cool is that it's a group of people um, who come together and are basically telling a story um, together. They're yeah. creating a story together through the help. The dungeon master knows, you know, where you kind of need to go, but they don't have control over what you decide. So it's a collaborative thing. And that is what's really beautiful. And these nerds of the show critical role do it particularly well because Matt Mercer, the, their dungeon master yes. is masterful. Truly. Yes. yes. In fact, I read recently, I read this week that there is something called the Matt Mercer effect. So Critical Role is probably responsible for getting more people into Dungeons and & Dragons and role-playing games than in, in, in an eon, right? Yes. The, here's the downside. Um, there's a lot of first-time players yes. or even people like me who haven't played in 30 years. And you get into the room, you get around the table with uh, someone who's your dungeon master and your other teammates, and your expectation is that you're going to have an experience like you've seen on Critical Role, uh, and and that this dungeon master is going to be at the level or have a style similar to Matt Mercer. Right. And uh, he does a number of things that makes uh, the experience extremely vivid and fun, right? Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, beyond just knowing the game very well, cause he's been playing it for over 20 years. Um, he, he, he's very, very descriptive in everything that happens. So say you roll a dice, it's your, you're, you're attacking something and you, you hit it and then you roll your hip, you know, how, how much damage you've done and all that stuff. And you tell him what's happened. And then he tells it back to you and the whole group and describes it in, in detail what is happening. Yes. And not all dungeon masters do that, but for a lot of first timers think that's what's going to happen or supposed to happen. And so, and then they walk away feeling not as fulfilled. And that's the Matt Mercer effect, wow. which he's come out and said like that, you know, that really bums him out that that happens and that, you know, it encourages people to just, you know, trust that their dungeon master is doing a great job and just have, have fun and don't worry about what they're doing. He's, he's a, he's a master for sure. He is. Uh, and, and, you know, it's, but it's funny cause like, like any art, uh, any art form, any performance art, it, his, his skill level <laughs> as a dungeon master would be, you know, like Miles Davis on trumpet or something, right? So, or, or even better, um, uh, you know, some of the better improvisers in the universe, right? right? Like. Uh, yeah. where, where you go and you say, oh, wow, that's actually how you do it. And then you take improv for a year, two years, and you, you join a little, you know, bar prov group and you're so bad that it hurts, physically hurts you yeah. while you're on stage yeah. because yeah. you know you're so bad. It's yeah. probably a lot like that. But this, <laughs> the, uh, unlike improv, which is also fun and 
D&D is just, it is something that you could do, and it is purely for the utter joy of it. Uh, and, and it doesn't matter if you're bad, right? Uh, I didn't tell you that I, I started uh, rereading Dr- the Dragonlance oh, Chronicles. What? Where did you get them? On the on the Apple Books. Oh yeah, yeah. Place. Nice. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, Dragonlance. For those of you who don't know what that is, which is everybody, um, was a <clears throat> a series of actually very very popular books yeah. in the 80s yeah. um and and a companion set of what what are called modules and um what that means is if you go if you go to when you're playing dungeons and dragons and you're the dungeon master you've got really one of two options you can go to the nerd store and get what is called a module and it, it tells you everything about the adventure that you can lead your players through yes. Or you can create what is now known as, not back in the day, but now known as homebrew, (laughs) which I think is pretty funny, Um, which means you just write your own module. Right. Yeah. So, but Dragonlance was was scripted, and you can you can mash it up. You don't have to play the characters that they that they offer, who are the main characters in the books. But you can you can play them as well. Um, but the books, Matt and I loved the books, and we played the modules. Um, I don't think I played actually one of the main characters. I think I had some a different character. I but think we did. I don't. Th- I think for some reason we chose not to play any of the actual. And that was probably games. smart, actually, sure. looking back. Um, so anyway, but the the book is surprisingly still good. It's not particularly original and at times not right. you know the best written sure. book ever it's not it's not Tolkien right. at all uh, and I've never read George R. R. Martin who I, I know is celebrated as not just he's one the, of the you know the, yeah, yeah he's, he's a beautiful writer as yeah. opposed you know his language is beautiful I mean um, so it's not like that it's, it's, it's written for kids anyway that's for an kids. aside uh, yeah. So we may not play Dragonlance, but we might we we'll, might find a module, or who knows, maybe we'll get brave enough to do a little homebrew. But I think the important thing is to start small. Yes, for sure. Um, and and my starting small was to get was to get these these books and to to just sort of see what what is next. And we have you know, uh, yeah. So we will we will report we'll report back on that. But yeah, that'll be another episode or another um, what do you call it? Um, segment that yes. we'll do. Um, eat Bib Bros play D and D. Anyway, that's a long, that's a long-winded uh, lead-in yep. to um, to the 1980s cartoon Saturday morning cartoon. Yes. I guess it was uh, called just called Dungeons and Dragons. And I found so much information about this. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So many it's, interesting things. I'd forgotten a lot. I knew that, you know, Matt and I were definitely the nerds who had, you know, we had action figures, we had G.I. Joe, He-Man, uh, and then more obscure ones. Uh, there's There was like in- insect ones, what were those called? Uh, they were actually very cool. Um, well, we, we should put that on the list because there was a cartoon for that too. Um, they had very cool toys. Um, uh, Transformers to a lesser degree. We had some in GoBots, uh, stuff like that. Uh, and we had the Dungeons & Dragons action figures we did um did we and oh yeah oh, <laughs> oh yeah oh definitely but the funny thing is the the main characters of the series they never made into toys well that's not actually true they did make them into toys i i took a look at them and they don't look familiar to me at all they what yeah uh, send, me, send me a link to one okay because you I, I, I looked this up yesterday and they and they said that they never made 
the one, two, three, four, five, six main characters, the pe- the well, we should set up the show. Yeah. Before we get get all into right. this. Yeah. Uh, do you right. Want, do you want to do it? Or do you want me to do it? Uh, sure. Setting up the show. So this this fascinating TV. <laughs> A TV show that you can you can actually watch the entirety of on YouTube. This this it lasted for three seasons, Dungeons and Dragons. It uh, it it ironically it came out both at sort of I guess the the game's uh, you know high point of popularity, but also at the same time the whole satanic panic was happening. So that kind of oh. made some that kind of influenced some things in the show. Oh and really? Yeah, yeah. So the and and it it's you know we watched the first episode, and it's really interesting. Um, it's like I immediately have no idea how it's related to Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> I just it barely <laughs> seems to follow any kind of rule or regulation or understanding or or an existing world that I knew of. Or anything, yeah. it's it's very very similar to a lot of the TV shows. It has sort of an anime feel, which makes sense because it was, oh, it was sort drawn. Of. Yeah, I say vaguely. anime. I I'd say, well, I, I have a strong opinion on that. We can get that. Sure, sure, sure. Get get to that in a minute. The 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 crux of the show is that there's six American kids who are on some uh, funhouse ride, kind of, uh, you know like tunnel of love type of thing, except they go into a dragon's mouth where they're magically transported to the world of Dungeons and Dragons. I don't yes. even know what, where they are. Yeah. They um, mentioned a couple. Yeah. I don't know what world they are either. Yeah. Yeah. They mentioned the name. Oh, they're transported to the, I'm, I'm on the wiki right now. Okay. They're transported to the quote realm of Dungeons and Dragons. Oh. <laughs> um, <laughs> by taking a magical dark ride on an amusement park roller coaster. Uh, and then they meet a, a little gnomish guy who calls himself the Dungeon Master, which is basically the only connection to D&D at all. <laughs> I mean, everything else is, you know, just whatever. So anyway, so these kids are transported to this realm, and they kind of – now they have these – they become these archetypes. One's a wizard, one's a thief, one's a barbarian, one's a cavalier. Cavalier. Uh, one, and then one's a ranger, and then the – uh, who's the, what's her name? Diana. She's the acrobat, which is acrobat. not, not even a thing in Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Anyway, not, I know. So, so cool. silly. Um, so that's the setup. That's what, that's what the show is about. Oh, I say yes. Yes. That's the, um, that's, that's what it is. And it was half an hour. It was, it was four kids for sure. It had very, very broad, broad caricatures and, um, of, oh yeah! Of all the, of all the, all the, all the archetypes, uh, they, they were voiced by very interesting people. Um, like, uh, for example, Eric the Cavalier. He sort of plays a, a sort of rich kid. A little rich kid was played by Don Most, who is best known for his role as Ralph Mouth on Happy Days. Then, um, oh wow! Uh, yeah, yeah, I know. Presto, the huh. magician was was on Eight Is Enough, uh, grown up a little bit. Really? Uh, yeah, I know. And then uh-huh. and then so there's so there's all these there's all these characters who for some reason get on a get on a carnival ride called Dungeons and Dragons, <laughs> and they and they, you know they're transported into this world and and when they when they get out somehow they've picked up this magical unicorn like a little baby unicorn named 
Uni. That was voiced. Oh God. Uh, <laughs> that was voiced by Frank Welker, who was best known for his work on Scooby Doo. He was Scooby Doo. Oh wow. Yep. Uh, Hank the Ranger, the 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 Aryan, <laughs> the, the blonde-haired white dude leader of the group yes. is Willie Ains, who was also on Ada's Eight Eight Right. I saw that too. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So, and of course, uh, to me, the, the most the name that stood out, and I the, the voice that I immediately recognized was the fo- the voice of the villain Vinger. Yes. yes. Peter who Cullen. was Peter Cullen, more, most famously known as Optimus Prime. Optimus Prime. <laughs> Uh, and, and honestly, that 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 was a that's a thing for me because I can't hear Peter Cullen's voice without thinking of Optimus Prime, and to put him in the role of a villain when he sounds like Optimus Prime is like, uh, it's not working. Yeah, it's not working for me. I uh, know, I know. Anyway, but whatever. He's 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 you know putting food on the table. <laughs> God bless him. Uh, yeah. Yeah, Anyways, yeah. so that's the setup. That's the setup. I guess we got to get to what we thought about it. Yeah, it sounds like you you didn't. Uh, I was extremely forgiving <laughs> of this show, I yeah. just because of the pure, you know, nostalgia of it. I'm not saying that it's it's particularly good. The animation was far better than I remembered it to be. Um, and you know it you know it, it's such as 80s style. It's a re- multiple like re- repetitive frames you know the reuse of frames and right, yeah. little things and jerky yeah low, low budget low budget it really actually it was it was actually um animated by a japanese uh company was it really? like, yeah which i just i just saw that uh and you know the writing again like so. super super you know the the little the little kid who who is has all this power but he's but he's very nervous and he has a low self-esteem. And then the even younger kid who's not afraid of anything, but he's always getting into trouble. And then the, like you said, the, the, he's the, a Aryan, the blonde he's a white dude who's like, I'm the leader. And then two, yeah. two women who, I mean, and we only watched the first episode, so I don't know where that's going, but one is kind of scantily clad, which I was kind of surprised at, but at least there is a they're, diversity which there. Which they both were. <laughs> well, yeah, I guess you're right, but uh, especially uh, Diana the Acrobat. Yeah. Uh, yeah, she's basically wearing a bikini, like a fur bikini. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, she's and, an acrobat. Why would she have to I do know. that? And then the other, the other one, Sheila. This is, it's a little strange because, I mean, this, this show is definitely for kids. There's no, there's no, there's no, you know, no bones about it. And, yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, you know, that's I guess that's that's uh, just yeah, probably superheroes also were really big, and so they do kind of have this superhero esque, you know, costuming as well, capes. And, yeah, and yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I guess that makes sense. Yeah, uh, but D&D all the men is, are super. It's a super tough pro. concept to, <laughs> in a way. I mean, it. You know, it's. D&D, in its essence, is kind of swords and sorcery, but how do you do that for kids right. who are watching Super Friends and Scooby-Doo and that kind of thing? Um, I'll tell you what it felt like to me was it felt like a big-time money grab. Mm-hmm. Um, like they saw D&D or TSR, the company that owned Dungeons & Dragons at the time, saw He-Man and said, oh, snap. Uh, 
you know, high fantasy is is a hit. So and guess who's been doing that since the 70s? Right. Us. So let's <laughs> let's cash in on that action. And then I looked it up and I saw that that this series actually aired uh, like a week before oh. the first episode of He-Man. Really? But but He-Man toys came out in '82. Uh huh. Okay. The first He-Man action figures uh, premiered in '82. Um, which have you ever watched uh, the toys that made us? I still haven't. I know it's. Oh god. Oh yeah. god. Oh, it's so it's so fascinating. The He-Man one is one of my favorites. Yeah. Um, and and the part about the, creating the He-Man show is particularly amazing. Uh, very briefly. Uh, the creators of He-Man, uh, they, they did that. Pretty much everyone was making action figures at the time because Star Wars blew up huge. Mm-hmm. Um, and go, everybody go and do yourself a favor and watch all of the all of those episodes because it's a miracle that Star Wars worked. It's a miracle that all of them worked. They were just hanging on by the seat of their pants. Yeah. But anyway, He-Man, they had all these awesome designs. It was really cool. But, you know, unlike Star Wars, which had movies and stories that kids, you know, went to go see and they wanted to, you know, own it. He, nobody knew what he, who He-Man was or why they should care. So they decided to do something really cool. And I remember getting this as a kid. Uh, they included a comic book in with the action figure, a little mini a miniature comic book in with the figure. So you could read that and read a story about him. And then that was awesome. Um, but when they pitched that to the suits at the company at Mattel, they were like, um, guess what? Most kids this age don't read. <laughs> so, so they're like, Oh, and like in the meeting, in the meeting, the guy who was pitching it, I don't remember his name now had the balls to say, Oh yeah, but we're doing a cartoon too. And they weren't, they weren't doing a cartoon. Right. But, <laughs> but they did. They found uh, a company, I think it was DIC maybe, and they went and just said, yo, can you make us a, a He-Man cartoon? Like next week. And yeah, and they did. And that was why it became massively massive. So this just smacked to me of, okay, He-Man's a hit. Um, we got this covered. Um, and it's just, they just, it felt very rushed. It's, it's super low budget. It's badly written. It's, it's, you know, it's just, it's not, it doesn't have anything to do with what makes Dungeons and Dragons, the game cool really at all, or just anything to do with D and D period at all. Period. No, I, I'm, I'm with you. It is, it really doesn't, they don't even try. I mean, they have Tiamat the dragon, which. Sure. Yeah, for no reason. I mean, it's, it's, just, it's just kind of lumbers on, like, hey, I'm going to mess you up. Oh, I fell down a hole. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, I'm a dragon. Why I'm can't I fly? With so many heads. <laughs> um, yeah, for sure. It, it, is, it, is, it is all of those things. And, but I, I do really find it interesting that it, this came about. And I'm assuming that it came out because, because of partly of the satanic panic. You can just sort of soften the concept one of the producers was Marvel. Uh, whatever oh, Marvel's, yeah, whatever Marvel's oh. original sort of TV thing was. But oh, yeah, Marvel Productions, right? I'm guessing. I'm guessing that. I'm guessing that it did sort of have something to do with this fear and try to soften that. And but it it actually it, apparently it it um it sort of bit them in the end a little bit because there were some scripts that we didn't get to after, you know, but there were some scripts that were extremely violent 
for the age, for the both the age of the kids and the and the era in which they uh-huh. were doing it. And there was a there was a good bit of um, controversy because these like topics, like at one point the kids have to decide whether they're going to kill Vinger or not, the big bad or not. And mm. they just, you know, it wasn't that kind <laughs> Someone's of stuff. Someone's like, was, uh, you can't kill anything. Right. <laughs> yes, you got to rewrite like, this episode. Yes, <laughs> yeah. yes. So they, right. so they said, I think they allowed them to do it, but then they forced the, the um, there, was, there was a coalition, of te- coalition on television violence. And, uh, you know, probably behind all the, <laughs> the satanic panic stuff. But they demanded the FTC run a warning during each broadcast that said Dungeons and Dragons had been linked to real life violent deaths. <laughs> yes. I mean, oh, wait, I have, okay. So I'm reading the controversy part on the wiki now. Yeah. The level of violence was controversial for right. American uh, children's television at the time. Uh, the script, one episode, the dragon's graveyard was almost shelled because the characters contemplated killing their nemesis, Venger. Um, yeah. Warning. Right. <laughs> Yeah, so they had to put a warning. Violent. Uh, that is, oh God. Yeah, that is so insane. Uh, satanic panic. We should we should probably do an episode on satanic panic. <coughs> yeah. How weird that that's was. That's really weird. That is so fascinating and so. I feel like I feel I'm, I'm kind of wondering why we're not living in an age of satanic panic now. Right now, yeah. You know, doesn't it feel like <coughs> we ought to be? <laughs> Um, with with all just how upside down the world feels, yes. Shouldn't, it, shouldn't should we just throw in a little satanic panic, a new, neo neo satan <laughs> panic? Um, yeah. Um, well, I guess I guess the 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 real <clears throat> litmus test for anything that we go back and watch is, do you want to watch the second episode? And mm-hmm. for me, the answer is definitely hell no. It's definitely no. Uh, I I actually. I'm a little curious about the more violent episodes, so I may actually go through the wiki. I mean, can and, you, are those available? Oh, yeah. Every single episode is available on YouTube. Every single one. The entire series. Not only that, but what every... If, what, s- if we, <laughs> what if we turned it on and they were just... <laughs> there was a body on the ground and all of the six of the kids were just... <laughs> just... <laughs> <laughs> and they've just got blood all over their mouths. And that's the whole episode. <laughs> and we were like, wow, it just didn't seem very violent from the first episode. <laughs> we were like, what? I mean, that's the thing is, I mean, compared to today's TV and internet and everything else, it's it. however violent it must have been at the time, it's got to be so tame. Of course, right? of course, of course. Yeah, I'm just, yeah, I'm, I'm just saying, you, you, you have a show, it just jumps into this, this, random world you have no idea who these kids are why they are what they're doing like it has nothing to do with dungeons and dragons that you could see uh it's just like cartoony goodness that you that you it's just something that's on while you're while you're gorging on fruit loops and it we 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 totally bought it (laughs) we bought into that yeah and and hook line and sinker so i i feel like I totally respect the fact that you wouldn't go on. I may, I may watch s- s- some of the more controversial episodes just because I'm curious. I'm just kind of curious to were, see what now, happens. Were we playing D and D by '83, or did we? Is this how we discovered? I think D&D? we were. Well, gosh, that would make us. I mean, that would be. I would. 
I mean, we were, I was, we were definitely young. I was we only playing. 11 then. It just seems like you were, it's a complicated game. We were young to be playing it, I think, just in, in understanding it. But, mm. but it just didn't seem like we were that young, right? Well, that's a, it's, it's maybe, an ex- maybe we were. It's, it's a good point. Uh, 11, 12. I mean, it was, I was a very advanced reader. <laughs> I don't know whether that, sure. I would be that advanced, but uh, I know that we did start with the board game called Dungeon first. Mm, yeah, and yeah, yeah. so maybe... That was probably the real gateway drug. That was probably, oh, and that was definitely the gateway drug for me. Yeah, I, I bet it was that one-two punch. I bet, I bet we played Dungeon and then we saw that, that TV show. Oh, that's related in some way. And then the books... I guess, yeah. I I will do some research in, into my own history. I guess that will involve. Uh, we'll probably have to see what mom thinks. See, mm. see, see. Like when. I mean, maybe maybe she never knew we were playing Dungeons and Dragons. I'm sure she, sure she did. She, she didn't seem too panicked about it. Satanic panicked. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, maybe I'll see if they're if they disembowel someone from one of the violent. <laughs> I'll episodes. let you know if they do. I'll let you know. Okay, great. If they do, I definitely want to watch that. You're in. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, do I guess we need a rating system for this? Sure. What kind of? How could we come up with a? How could we come up with a, a rating system for the Biv, the Biv Bros TV Time Machine rating system? Yeah, TV time machine. I, don't, I guess we'll have to think about that and Im- implement it in the in the next. Okay. Yeah. Next edition. Um, we didn't come prepared. Oh, no. Time machine broke in the past. <laughs> time machine left us off wondering, curious, shaken. What was it? In the sectors. Sectors. That's what they were. The, the insect. Yeah. I mean, we can just go down the '80s cartoon and toy those toys were cool man look at like check check them out now they they look neat so i you know what i'm looking at i'm looking at there's some toy sets uh there were two sets of toy figures produced featuring the principal cast of the cartoon one nine figure set produced in spain (laughs) and one eight figure set produced in portugal (laughs) <laughs> wow so they killed off one character in the time Super. <laughs> wait send me send me that link oh god that they're very 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 funny looking oh my oh my well the god i mean the the yeah so apparently there are care so the the main action figures of of that connected to the cartoon were only only kind of did um guest Appearances. They had an episode or so that they would guest in, and we had those toys for sure. There was like a paladin, and and uh, I think is some dude I, I saw yesterday. His name was War Duke or something. Uh, so I remember having those toys, and um, they weren't that great. They were kind of sucked. Yeah. Um. Anyway. Yeah. It was well, all. It was all about the all about the action figure. That's that's for damn sure. Oh yeah, there they are. Ooh. They look like. They look like bad. They look like toys that you would get in a Burger King Happy Meal. <laughs> I right? would say somewhere between that and sort of a uh, an, a centro, 
like a like a fair in the like in a like a big mercado in the in the middle of a, <laughs> yeah. of a no Wait i mean minute. like okay, hand, a number of tie-in books were released so and we had these the dungeon of dread and the mountain of mirrors we i read those we sure did i didn't know that they were tie-ins i didn't either man oh, the art of, the art of those books are so cool i tell you what it's so interesting what your brain holds on to and what it doesn't hold on to. I'm I'm really going to enjoy this this time machine because seeing those two books, I can actually they they had a very cool uh cover um texture. They oh, they yeah? had, they had like a very interesting almost like ugh, like I want to say <laughs> seersucker, but that's not correct. Like slightly tacky sort of cover on those mm. Dungeons and Dragons endless quest books. Pick a path. Mm. Um, yeah, I can just I can I can feel it right now. Just looking at those books. Wow. I wish I had them right now. I'd be. They were only two dollars back then. Oh. I know. Now you can buy one for probably a hundred dollars. It's probably true. <laughs> Yeah. Oh man. Oh man. You guys, you yeah. guys have come down a, a deep, deep rabbit hole with us today. <laughs> and we appreciate uh, everything. And the thing bit. is, if anyone is our age, then you may know what we're talking about. This, right. You may have experienced this too. Yeah. But if you're if you're anywhere younger than us, or if you're less nerdy than we are and were, then you also probably don't know. Um, what and what on earth we are talking about. And so yeah. you probably stopped listening a while ago. That's okay. The interesting thing about that is that this was not cool. This was not like when I, when D&D? I, used, yeah, when I used to say D and D that we played D and D, no yeah. one knew what we were talking about. No, I mean, it, n- number one, we didn't have friends, but number two, we didn't really <laughs> know that many people that did play. And <laughs> when you, you know, told, I would talk when about you told it. someone about D and D, turns out that you were just talking to your imaginary friend. My imaginary friend Chucky. But I, oh, um, oh no, a different. Child, sorry, a different. Sorry, child. I didn't mean to, to, to derail you. So yes, nobody knew what D and D was. It nobody knew. We we weren't, of course. We were not cool. Right. Yeah, and it's it, it's but the level of, gosh, the level of of like involvement that we were into this stuff. It's just, that is so popular right now. That kind of nerd is so popular. You, you, they're, they're, you know, seconds away from a search on YouTube. You get into their worlds. You, you love them. You know, they're making, I don't, however, however much the cast of critical role makes, uh, you know, they're, they're, it's, it's, it's a job now. And it's so interesting that it's, that yeah. was just oh, just it, unimaginable. Yeah, I mean, not even, not even a reason to imagine it. Right. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. Definitely. It's it's uh, geek culture, of course, has been out, out and proud for a while. Yeah. But 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 going and like discovering Critical Role, it's. I realize you know I'm not I'm not a Reddit person. Right. I'm I'm nerdy, but I'm I'm, you know. There's there's people who can who can very rightfully claim to be far nerdier oh, than yeah. me, yeah. and um, <clears throat> so I've never really been on the inside in, in that sense, um, and I've certainly witnessed it you know firsthand like going to Dragon Con and stuff. I mean you are immersed in people who are into their 
their deepest level of niche nerd and geek as far as they can go. Um, and it's, it's beautiful. It's really, it's really beautiful, but I, I didn't, I didn't realize that not only, uh, how much of it was really out there, uh, but that it was also humongously popular. Yeah. Uh, that it just never even crossed my mind. Oh yeah. You could, you could turn playing a game and you know, where there, where you're just telling a story. I mean, people play games for money all the time. I mean, you know, Starcraft or, or Fortnite or sports. Right. Um, and so I, I suppose it kind of tracks in one way, but it just never like, you're just sitting around a table rolling dice. How can that be your job? But well, if you do it well enough, I guess it can be. And we, we, we do have to take some credit for paving the way. Our, our, our generation of nerd, our, our generation of nerd. I mean, we, we got beat up for it. I did. <laughs> you know, we got beat up for, for, loving, the licks, for loving these things. We this possible. We did. We took the licks. And now that would not happen. Nerds don't get beaten up anymore. And, you know, they, I, 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 did, I did feel like I had to hide it, hide that element of myself when it was, when it was yeah. proven to me that it was really unpopular and I wasn't going to, you know, gain any favor by doing that and people are going to try. I, you know, I, I feel like in general, I was pretty true to myself my whole life. I I felt like I've, I've always kind of tried to be, but certainly there were moments when I was grappling with all of that, that I was like, okay, well, I guess I really shouldn't talk about, at least not talk about Dungeons and Dragons and not talk about these things that I love. Uh, But now I don't think that's a problem and I love that and I'm happy for that. I'm, I, I'm glad that I was there to take the beatings. <laughs> <laughs> when, when did you and I stop playing D and D? Gosh, because when when we stopped, you kind of stopped. You never really played D and D outside of just you and me playing. Not really, no. Um, uh, and 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 you know this, but for anyone listening, they don't. Uh, I used to play D and I played I, probably the most D and D with friends who were my age. Maybe it was around the same time that that you were getting older and, and had older friends and we were just hanging out less. Yeah. Um, and then I started playing D and D with friends who were my age, uh, my good friend Todd and his brother Scott, yeah. uh, and our friend Darren. Um, and, and Todd was an early home brewer. He wrote everything that, that we played wow. and it was so much fun. He was, he was great. He was a great dungeon master and a really great writer. Uh-huh. Um, but, yeah, so you—that's so funny that I'm, and I'm kind of sad that you didn't have your own experience outside of just you and me. Yeah. Boring. <laughs> <laughs> someone is someone is listening to our podcast right now as they're trying to go to sleep, and yeah. they were asleep 45 minutes ago. <laughs> you know what though? I'm not going to apologize for this. Um, if you are out there and you are like us and you are interested. Um, let us know because, you know, we don't, you don't, you and I don't have to play alone, brother. We don't have to. No, we don't have to. I, I will even put out this challenge. If you're out there and you think that you are, and you're a dungeon master uh, or game master, as it's popular to say now, yes. um, and you're and you're and you're really excited about it, and you're like, hey, I would love to pl- be uh, the you guys. I'd like to DM a game, a campaign with you guys. Yep. Let us know, please. Um, uh, Matt has never been a player. He's only been a, a DM. So uh, it, he, I think, I just think you would enjoy it a lot. I would love that. Uh, so anyway, it, 
let us know. Yes. And and then maybe we can have fun together. That would be really because fun. Because who, who doesn't like fun? And that's a perfect way to end this episode, which I think went really, really well, brother. I'm going to be the acrobat. <laughs> <laughs> uh, why is there always, in 80s cartoons, why does there always have to be some friggin' unicorn like that like some kind of scrappy do orco yeah some piece of crap always making these weird sounds it's always like middling middling english like not english like it's kind of like um it's a little bit like uh sims language it is it is. So, yeah, let us know what you think. Yeah. Uh, look forward in the next couple of weeks. We'll, we'll probably do another Ask the Biv Bros thing yeah. and uh, another TV time machine. Um, Sectars, G.I. Joe's, of course, are definitely on my list. Oh, for sure. He-Man, yep. Uh, He-Man, for sure. Yeah. Um, go ahead and prep. Go ahead and prep the He-Man with, with the toys that made us. Yeah, okay. That will enrich your experience. Um and I don't know until until, until next. Surely love yeah. you. I love you too, brother. I'll talk to you soon. Come on in and have a good old time.